Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never ever about food. Or weight. Never ever. Not even. One time. Not ever. Ever ever. Hello everyone, this is Laura Lee Rourke from It's uh, Not About Food podcast. And today we are talking about the idea of body wisdom and that, you know, our bodies already know a lot of stuff. We think, our brains think that our bodies are kind of dumb, I think. (laughs) I thought that, (laughs) that it wouldn't do what I wanted it to do. So it was not my friend. So the front of the card is sort of like the goddess is growing almost out of the ground like a giant beautiful tree with roots into the earth and a tree you know growing out of her and beautiful card and the deer is looking at her just like supporting her I think and then in the back of the card it says body wisdom is the inherent wisdom we each hold within our own bodies that tells us what we need physically emotionally and spiritually When we listen to the wisdom of our bodies, we intuitively know how to feed ourselves, satisfy our needs, and accept our natural bodies. So I have to say, having an eating disorder from the time I was a young teen until I was in my 30s, I really did not trust this idea that my body knew how to eat, my body knew what to weigh, my body knew when to go to sleep, when it wanted to move, how much exercise it really did want, how much water it needed. I was always forcing it to do something, usually around the idea that I wanted to be way thinner than my body naturally could be. So I had to have an active eating disorder to do that. And or I would rebel and then compulsively overeat And my body, even if it said it was full, I ignored that. I didn't want to hear it. Just if it said it was hungry, I didn't want to hear it. So to come from that place that I trusted my body to tell me or just to give me information, I had a very hard time with that. I did not trust it at all. I trusted other people with their bodies. (laughs) But I felt like I was broken and I didn't know how to do that. And I've had people in my practice that will tell me, I don't hear anything like that. I don't know when I'm hungry. I don't know when I'm full. I don't know what my body wants. And I don't want to know. Because <laughs> I felt that if I listened, it would want to be bigger than I wanted it to be. And I didn't want to hear that. Because I didn't want to do that. And I find that to be true for others, too. They're really afraid that their bodies are going to let them down because it will want to do something they don't want to do. Go to sleep when they're tired. (laughs) You know, don't do four hours of exercise, you know, whatever. 
It's just our heads are in the game and our bodies are having to deal with what we're making it do. So I'm really happy to have somebody who's working in this. Her website just sounds exactly like the right kind of thing that you need to do to go through this learning how to eat and what to think about when you're trying to do that. And I'm going to let her kind of introduce herself and tell us what she's doing in the world. And how does she work with not only her own, but her families and her clients? How does she work with that idea of body wisdom? That We do have that already. We don't have to learn it. It's there. So take it away. Tell me what's going on with you. Thank you, Laurelie. Thank you for having me today. It's such a pleasure to be here. And I'm just so excited to talk about the Body Wisdom card. All the cards in the deck are wonderful and spoke to me, but this one in particular just kept coming back to me because it's so true. We are all born with body wisdom. Our bodies are so wise and they're always giving us valuable feedback. And when we can really stop and tune in non-judgmentally, right, and pay attention, we absolutely know how to take care of ourselves and our bodies and to really care for our own self. And so I chose this card because it's uh, something that, you know, I hold near and dear to my heart because it's something that I really struggled with for most of my life growing up as well. I, you know, really struggled with trusting my body. I compared myself to everybody else and never felt quite good enough, was always striving for perfection. And so it's really hard to listen to your own internal body wisdom when you don't know if you should trust it or not. You don't know if you're good enough. And yeah, so I think, you know, that made me the perfect target for the diet industry. You know, the diet industry promises the perfect body. It promises the right way to eat. And so I found myself on that path of dieting and disordered eating and eventually an eating disorder. And uh, that's when in, in high school, I decided, you know, I'd become a dietitian. I thought I could really learn how to do this perfectly. I could really learn how to get this right. I'll, I'll become a dietitian, right? Yes. Perfect. Air quotes. Is there, is there such a thing as eating perfectly? I, I don't think so. I think um, that's diet culture, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, as I, as I went to college, I started studying and learning more and more about nutrition. And I honestly became more and more miserable in my body and struggled so much so that I didn't think I wanted to become a dietitian anymore. I didn't want anyone else to feel the way that I felt with food and their body. So I reached out to a peer, you know, a classmate, and that's when she told me about the book Intuitive Eating. And it absolutely resonated with me. I, I ate that book right up, no pun intended. I just, I was craving something different, something, not something new, right? Cause this is something we're all born doing. We're born intuitive eaters, but it, it just made sense, right? It felt good. It felt better. And so that was kind of my path to coming back to my own body wisdom was relearning how to eat intuitively and what that process looked like. And I discovered yoga along the way as well. And that was a really important part of my journey for working on body acceptance and body appreciation and, and being able to listen to the body. 
And that's brought me to where I am today as I have a private practice. I'm working with clients, with adolescents, teens, and families and adults and helping them to make peace with food, to find freedom with food and to befriend their bodies again. And so that process, it's really all about reconnecting to our own body's wisdom trusting it. And so that's why I chose this card because it's something that I think that I work on every day, you know, my own self, acknowledging my own body's wisdom and honoring it, but then also with my clients. So for me, it's sort of like organically grew from your own struggle, which I think not everybody has to do that. That's a very big part of us who work with people with disordered eating and body hatred, if we have that peace where we know what it's like to, I always say, it's, we know what it's like to eat a frozen cake over the sink when we're so starving, you know, and we know what it's like to starve ourselves to death. And we know what it's like to, or almost death, or we know what it's like to be constantly thinking about how thin I am, how do I get thinner, why is that person thin, how can I get as thin as that person, do I look like that, am I okay? It just this was a stream of negative self-talk that I was never really okay, and always having to shift and change in order to be okay, which I wasn't ever okay. (laughs) So, you know, if we've already know how to do that, then we can talk to others and say, I've been where you've been. I've worked myself out of it. And you can too. You're not broken. It all is not lost. This is a way you learned how to take care of yourself. And there's a different way. Yeah, exactly. And I hear that all the time too, that, you know, how on earth can I become an intuitive eater? There's no way. I have no connection to my hunger cues. I don't even know what those feel like. I don't, you know, and I hear that all the time and it makes sense. It makes sense why it feels completely impossible. But the the thing is, is it's very possible. We just have to look at what are the barriers, right? What's happening in your life to maybe block those internal cues that your body is giving you, you know, is it that, you're so busy that it's hard to slow down and to even listen to the feedback that your body is giving you. You know, is it that there's judgment over the feedback that you're getting? Yes. You know, are you getting enough sleep? Are you able to be present in your body? You know, all these barriers end up making it feel like it's impossible. They're, they're, our bodies have no wisdom, right? That, that we, we can't be an intuitive eater. But the truth is it's within us. We're born this way. We know Babies know when they're hungry. They know when they're full. They don't have any judgment. No food is good or bad. You know, we we know when we need to sleep and take care of ourselves. So it's within us. And it's just about removing what's no longer needed and getting back to the wisdom that lies within us. Yeah. And to trust that we trust babies to know, you know, (laughs) but we don't trust ourselves. I remember when my son was very little, he was eating a piece of chocolate cake and it was all over him, but he was done. And I said, well, eat the rest of this. And he was, no, I'm done. I don't want to eat anymore. And I remember thinking to myself, how can he not eat the rest of the chocolate cake? (laughs) How is that possible? But he was not on a diet. 
he said, quite frankly, there's always chocolate cake, Mom. And to him, there was. You know, there was always a birthday party to go to. There was always, you know, I tried very hard to give him an eating disorder, but he didn't take it. So, (laughs) but other people around did not, and he doesn't have one. So I just feel like I had very weird rules for me and not that weird for him. And other people didn't have that for him. So... I just feel like we forget that we already know what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, whether we're hungry. Like, we already know whether we're hungry or we're sleepy. It's a mistake to think, and a lot of people do, and I did, if I'm tired, I must need fill-in-the-blank food, you know, whatever kind of food. Instead of, I'm tired, I need to take a rest. Because I don't have time to take a rest, but I do have time to eat a candy bar and then hate myself the rest of the day for that. Yeah. Intuitive eating, you know, it's, it's a self-care eating framework, right? It's not the hunger fullness diet. It's about really, truly nourishing and caring for yourself. And that refers to food nourishment, but also nourishing your soul, nourishing your spirit, you know, making sure that you're getting enough sleep, getting enough rest, that you're having meaningful social interactions, that you're getting outside, you know, that you're truly taking care of your full entire self so that you can tune in to subtle hunger and subtle fullness and honor those cues. Because when our tank is full in other ways, We don't need food to fill that tank as much, right? Food can fuel us, but it doesn't need to feed the other parts of us, the other parts of our soul that are already, you know, those needs are being met in other ways. Yeah. I can remember telling myself before I got recovery, looking at a cookie and asking the cookie, what do I want from you? I know I'm not hungry and there's nothing wrong with cookies, but why am I wanting this cookie? And it just dawned on me. I wanted, what I really wanted was a hug and there's not enough cookies in the world to give me a hug because it's not the match. (laughs) Not that it's bad or wrong. It just isn't the match. Right. That question, what am I feeling and what do I need? Yes, exactly. What am I feeling and what do I need? And it's not to say that occasionally a cookie might exactly. be something we eat when we're not hungry or maybe when we're feeling a little emotional for comfort. You know, eating can be comforting. It's when eating is the primary source of comfort that it becomes a problem, that it's no longer comforting, right? It doesn't actually solve that feeling of what do I need? It's a Band-Aid. It temporarily might distract or soothe or comfort, but ultimately that need still exists. That's a good point. I love that. It's a Band-Aid. Band-Aids are good. But if you need stitches, that's what you need. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Band-Aid can be there until the stitches come or whatever, until the medicine gets here. And I want to say again, there is absolutely nothing wrong with cookies. Cookies are a perfectly good food. It's just, if I need to cry, it's not crying. It's a cookie. And how do you put your nutritional work for clients together with your yoga work? Yeah. So 
I am a certified yoga teacher in addition to a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and certified intuitive eating counselor. And so the way I bring yoga in, you know, it varies client to client. But first and foremost, you think of yoga, you might think, oh, you know, super flexible people doing crazy stretches and <laughs> Right. That's, that's not yoga. That's maybe Instagram yoga. Yeah, <laughs> yoga <it's TikTok. laughs> right? yoga okay. is being present in our body. It's being mindful with our breath. It's being intentional with how we move our bodies. And so yoga might be something along the lines of a mindfulness practice, right? It might not even in, include the, the asana, the, the body movement piece. So I'll bring yoga into sessions of clients when maybe we are working on mindfulness while eating. Maybe it might also on soothing the nervous system when eating. So we might include some yogic breathing techniques, some mindfulness and awareness techniques. And it can also be really effective when dealing with digestive issues. A lot of the times when we're in a really anxious state while eating, it can be really hard on our body to digest and absorb the food because we're in that fight or flight mode rather than rest and digest. So, you know, it might be kind of bringing some of that breath work in, you know, before eating and then after eating throughout the day, there might be some gentle stretches, even some twists that might just aid with digestion that help the body naturally to process the food and ease some of those digestive issues that might pop up through some of the ways. And then, you know, we might also explore yoga as a part of mindful movement as a way from breaking free from exercise compulsion and in, instead exploring mindful movement in a way that's supportive to the body. And that we might actually do yoga together in a session. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I when you're whining with nurses. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed. Storygram Network. And that is the essence of it, right? That's the essence of yoga. I too was a certified yoga teacher and, and used it a lot with my clients who were trying to get in touch with their body and what their bodies could do and how to breathe and how to, you know, cause I, if I didn't smoke cigarettes, I didn't breathe for a really long time. So I just felt like I had to learn like the most basic things, you know, but I can remember a time when I would bring yoga into the room and the person would say, I can't do it because I am so ashamed of my body and I don't want to be in there, my body. And I don't, I especially don't want to go to a class with a bunch of really thin bodies and really strong that are doing things that I cannot do with not very many clothes on. And so there was a whole learning, like you're saying, yoga can just be the breath. And yoga can just be the mindfulness. We don't even have to do the exercises as such, the asanas. We don't have to do the movement until you're 
okay with breathing (laughs) until you're okay with being present in you. And that helped a lot, but we made it into, especially in this country, we made it into a way to lose weight. And once you do that, it ruins it. It's a way to be thin and wear a very small outfit. And if you don't fit into that, you can't go to yoga class. Yeah, it is a shame that a lot of studios have turned yoga into that. And I always talk to my clients, you know, who are ready to explore going to a class, going to a studio, you know, check it out first. Are there mirrors everywhere? You know, I encourage find a studio without mirrors. Find one that feels like the right environment for you. All bodies are yoga bodies, right? There's no particular type of body you need to have to do yoga. And so I think finding that environment that feels inviting, that feels right can be helpful. And, you know, nowadays too, the wonderful thing, one of what we'll look at, you know, everything, every negative has a positive. (laughs) One of the great things about the pandemic is the ability to practice yoga right in our home. There's so many great virtual resources. And so building up that comfort at home and then maybe going to a class eventually. Yeah. And that idea that we can, and again, like our bodies know how to eat. They also know how to move. (laughs) And we can trust that if, you know, a teacher does a posture that hurts, that we can trust that we can just work on that. We don't have to do that. You know, we can do a modification, if you will. And again, it's owning the body that you have instead of owning the body that the teacher has, <laughs> you know, which we do not. Yeah. yeah. So I think yoga can be just, it can be such a nice adjunct to working on nutrition because it's that ability to remove the judgment about the body. Just like we're working on removing the judgment about the food or removing the judgment about the signals our body is giving us. Hunger is not a bad thing. Hunger is just our body telling us we need energy. Feeling full, feeling satisfied is just our body telling us we've had enough to eat and we can eat again as soon as we like. It's not a bad thing that it's over. Yeah, but when you're struggling with a disordered eating, the energy of the eating is so heightened that every little thing is driving us crazy, (laughs) you know? So if I made a plate of food and halfway through I got done with it, I didn't know what else to do. If I was done, I could put it away and come back later when I was hungry again. But then what do I do in that time? Because I only had food to occupy my mind, you know? So I had to learn other ways and Or if I ordered something at a restaurant and I didn't like it, I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any idea that I could send it back or put it in a doggy bag and, and get something else. I mean, that was just like beyond me when I was struggling. So, and, you know, I was a professional dieter. So I had these calories and fat grams in my head. They say that women are not good at math. Actually, we're very good at math. <laughs> We're very good at counting calories. So as a nutritionist, how do you explain to people that they can let go of that part and trust their bodies to tell them? Yeah, that's a great question. (laughs) And oh man, it's it's a tough one, right? Because diet culture, diet industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. And it is really difficult, even with our growing eating disorder, professionals, you know, fighting the good fight, right? We're only, 
uh, it's really difficult for us to fight the diet industry, right? So I think first and foremost is just acknowledging that environment that we live in, acknowledging the culture that we live in, that it's, it's hard and it's going to be difficult and it's going to feel like you're swimming against the water, right? You're swimming upstream. (laughs) And so it's interesting though, that you even bring up calories because calories and calorie counting and calorie counting apps, they've really only been around for a couple decades, right? It's only, I know more of a newer thing. Yes. Especially since I think the fifties, right? Yeah. And then the apps, right, that go along with that. I mean, that's even more recent. And so you look back as a species, humans, we've been intuitive eaters a lot longer than we've been dieters. And so just trusting that we've known how to do it all along. This diet culture, (laughs) diet industry, it's it's a new, it's a fad. And it's, my hope is that it's not here to stay. I, I have a feeling in some way, shape or form, it always will, right? But what we can do is fight back and say, you know what? I am the expert of my own body. No package with a certain number of calories or no diet can tell me what my body needs. All of our bodies are so uniquely different. All of our needs are so uniquely different that to think that one diet is, you know, one size fits all, it's just, it's absurd, right? It's, it just doesn't make sense, but it does make sense when you're, you know, seeking when you're in that comfort, right. And when you're, wanting to fit in or when you're wanting to feel better, of course it makes sense. But when we can let go of this idea that the diet industry knows better, I tell my clients that too, you know, who come to me, a dietitian, professional within the realm of nutrition, that even I am not the expert of their body, right? They are, I'm here to walk alongside them, to help them with the process along their journey. But ultimately they know their body best. And my job is to help them get to know their body and to be able to listen to their body again. But ultimately their body will be the one guiding us. Yes. It's such a good point, you know, that we give the power back to the person with their own body. And I've had people say they don't want that power (laughs) because it's not going to get them thin is what they believe with all their heart. So I say, you know, chips are okay. Apple's okay. Lettuce is okay. Ice cream is okay. They don't believe two of those things. In this culture that we live in right now, sugar is the devil, carbs are the devil. What do you mean you eat a piece of bread? Forget that. And I'm old enough to remember when, you know, fit or fat, you couldn't eat any fat, but you could eat all the sugar you wanted. And then, well, you can eat all the fat you want, but no sugar. I mean, it just, and that's happened several times in my lifetime. And this weight is okay. But then this weight is not okay. And we're still doing that to young people in schools, 11th grade, 10th grade. They're getting their, you know, their fat, like a calibered. And they're told that they're obese at a young age. And if I could do one thing in the schools in America, it would be to stop weighing them and stop measuring them because it's just not helpful. What is helpful to is to give the power back to the kid and let them know that they can trust themselves to eat. And if they're eating for reasons other than hunger, then there's help. But I'm sure you saw during the pandemic, eating disorders just rose phenomenally. And young girls and young boys were doing a lot of crazy things to take care of themselves because they weren't going to school. And this was one of the things that I feel really exploded, disordered eating and body hatred with a lot of the social media. 
Yeah, the social media, I think uh, I'm just, I'm so glad that I didn't grow up with social media. That's right. I can't imagine what it's like, you know, it was hard enough with magazines and movies. And now with social media, it's just, it's everywhere. And that message that exactly that carbs and sugar is bad. And yeah, it's, it's like you go to the eighties and we would be saying, Oh, fat is bad. And now fat is trendy. It's, it's trendy to eat fat, right? It's good for your brain. It's good for this. And it's like, once we can see these cycles happen, you just realize that there are no good and bad foods. There's no one food you need to cut out. You know, that is absolutely false. And this idea that carbs are bad, carbs are amazing. Carbs are great. Carbs fuel our brain. Carbs help us to make serotonin. Carbs give us energy. You know, there's certainly anything but bad. And so these messages that these youth are get, and whether it's TikTok or Instagram or YouTube, but these bloggers and people who share what they eat and share these dieting tips, it's so much misinformation. And most of our nutrition information is filtered through the diet industry. And so it's no wonder, you know, kids, adults, everyone, we don't know how to eat because we're given a lot of misinformation. And people, I'm sure, do it with a open heart. There's a book, Don't Eat Anything That Your Grandma Wouldn't Recognize as Food. And again, it's just a diet tip that might be helpful. Probably not, though. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's okay. I think about Carol and I, when our book, It's Not About Food, first came out, we were on a radio show. We did this whole show answering questions for people that called in and each time coming back, it's not about the food. You know, you can trust your body. It's not about your weight. You can trust your body. And so at the very end, the host of the show wanted to wrap it up. And he said, well, so I really learned a lot. I learned this and this. And he said, but one thing you didn't really talk about is how much water should you drink every day? <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I don't know, however much the person wants. <laughs> it was like, it just completely was such a weird question after he, you know, was nodding along in the show and stuff like that. But we're so stuck on one little thing that we hear over and over that, well, I shouldn't eat ice cream, right? You know, or whatever. Yeah, you know, and with intuitive eating, the very last principle is gentle nutrition. And it's gentle nutrition, right? Because our bodies do not need perfection to be healthy. We can eat a variety of foods and, you know, we can go have a day where maybe we had no fruits or vegetables. And then we have a day where we had quite a few. And it's like our body health is measured over time. One day where we felt like maybe our eating wasn't as healthful or as complete as we might like it to be doesn't make or break our health. It doesn't make or break our body's ability to be nourished. It's measured over time. And so this idea that we have to eat perfectly to be healthy is, is just not true. And there's so much benefit to eating foods like cookies and cake and ice cream. There's the emotional benefit of it, you know, being maybe a celebratory thing. You know, there's the benefit of really enjoying the taste of something. So our physical health is not the only 
measurement of health. It's also our mental and emotional well-being. And food allows us to celebrate together and it allows us to have enjoyment. This idea that, you know, gentle nutrition comes last. It's, we really need to tackle making peace with food and honoring our hunger and honoring our fullness and taking care of ourselves before we can even consider nutrition because otherwise all those rules are just going to drive what we're eating, how much and when. Well, then we become experts at the intuitive eating diet. Yeah. <laughs> we do that perfectly until we can't, you know. Exactly. There was a great movie out many years ago. I think it was called Eating. And there's a scene where they're at a baby shower, maybe a wedding shower, and there's a cake in the middle of the table. And all these women are sitting around the table and they're all talking. And this woman cuts the cake, like the mom or the grandma cuts the cake and puts it on a plate and sends it around. And the cake goes all the way around the table until it comes back to the grandma or the mom. And she said, nobody took a piece of cake and they were, no, we're not eating cake. And so (laughs) it just was so, not that anybody needs to eat cake or not eat cake. It's just that many people could not bring themselves to have even a bite of the cake. And it's about the community of the cake, really, you know. It just really drove that point home, how scared we are of food. Yeah. And it's like, eat the cake when you want to eat the cake. Don't eat the cake if you're full and not feeling like you want the cake, right? There's no pressure. But if cake sounds good, it's there's nothing wrong with eating cake, right? I know. know. Or take it home. Or again, there's always cake. So you have a little bit of a moment here that you can say what you're doing and what you want to put out in the world and if you have a workshop coming up or how people can get a hold of you if they need to. So we want to take a few moments just to do that. Yeah, sure. So if you'd like to get a hold of me or just learn a little bit more about me and my philosophy and the work that I do, you can head to my website. It's bodymindnourishment.com. And if you would like to get a hold of me, you can email me at soultritionrdn at gmail.com. So that's S-O-U-L-T-R-I-T. I-O-N at gmail.com. And at the moment, I do not have any upcoming workshops, but do check my website for updates because at the end of the summer, I plan on offering my intuitive movement body positive yoga series. I don't have a date locked down yet. Mm -hmm. So do check my website for the date. And then also periodically, I also offer a body freedom, body image workshop as well. And they're all virtual. So you could participate from the comfort of your own home. That's so great. And I love that. So it'll be virtual. Will it also be in person if possible or just all virtual? Just all virtual for now, in person, possibly in the future, but for the time being, yeah, just virtual. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know what the (laughs) hell's going on. (laughs) So I wonder if you'll read that last part of the card that today I will... Today, I will practice trusting in the wisdom of my body. I will listen to my body when I am hungry and full. Listen for what my body wants and needs and trust the intuitive voice of my body. Trust the intuitive voice of our body. It's just, you know, we can do that when we're two days old. 
<laughs> but it escapes us at 20. <laughs> so it's going back to that beautiful little baby that we once were and knowing that we knew how to do it then and we'll know how to do it again. Yes, I completely agree. And just being gentle on yourself throughout that process of learning how to do it again. Yeah. Babies, kids make mistakes. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. And mistakes can be such important lessons. You know, if we ate past fullness, that's an opportunity to look at, hey, what was going on with me today? Did I start eating when I was too hungry? Did I miss my mild hunger cues? You know, it's all information. And so when we can remove that judgment and just, yeah, remove those barriers, remove the judgment, we can start to develop that body wisdom again and trust with our own body. Yeah. And what a beautiful way to end that. Trust our own bodies. I mean, we trust other people's bodies. I trusted my grandchildren, my own child. I really trusted that. So why wouldn't you trust me too? Why wouldn't I? So thank you so much for being on. Very, very grateful to you for showing up today and doing the work that you're doing in the world. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.